comes down to this is music this is mayhem this is a high voltage rock and roll podcast especially for you don't think because you haven't heard of us that we didn't exist we've been here all along like a spirit roaming the night seldom stopping to rest our path has been marked by the bolted skull and bones smashed guitars and starred stages across the world welcome to the full-on church of rock and roll this is only the beginning well i don't want to talk about my band history why not? So I'm glad we weren't. It's just just in the past, dude. I always think just in the future. Like I'll tell that. you about my new shit, but yeah, I'm not gonna talk. That's about That's some the Rafiki past. shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Hit you with the stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have um, Keelan is not here today. Everybody, uh, Keelan is out hustling like Keelan does. Which hustling. We miss him, but in his place we have the one and only. Sam hey. Harmon from Void Vader. Good What's to be up? back. Yeah. So he's coming up here. to the big leagues. Like, he's now on the couch. I'm on the couch. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, Sam? It's all good, bro. Uh, it's all good. Another day in Los Angeles, man. The sun is up. Sun is up. The winds are coming. Though It feels a little windy, <laughs> yeah, but little good nippy. enough to skate. Yeah, dude. It's all good. Yeah. Just rocking and rolling. So what have you guys been doing? Uh, lots of pre... Uh, I was going to say production, but the album's already done. Uh, just getting ready for the release of Great Fear Rising, which is the new record that Void Vader is releasing on Ripple Music April 23rd of this year. Ooh, Set nice. in stone, got the go. stamp. 21. You like that? Yeah, I love that. So we should have the the entire band in here. We should do that. When it comes I'll, out. Uh, I'll holler at Eric and Lucas and get them to stop selling eBay and uh, lift the furniture and come on in and have a good time. Whoa, 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 whoa. There you go. What are they selling on eBay? Eric is selling... Anything and anything that people are willing to buy as far as media. So he's working for this, uh, this homie of his that's got this eBay business where, like, you know, they sell box sets of the Carpenters and blah, blah, blah. Like, he just comes into rehearsal whenever he has worked the same day and he's like, you'll never believe what I bought or what I sold. Somebody bought a Michael Jackson record from 1998 for a CD for $250. And so he's like, whoa, he's damn. all about it right now. So he's trying to figure out a way that we can bring that to Void Vader. But it's like... Yeah, I'm the one that's got to send it all out. So it's like, that's great, dude. But <laughs> yeah, I was it was funny with the eBay, like it, the prices on some of these old albums and box sets are so outrageous. It's like crazy. I've been on this huge. I, I love the monkeys. You know what I mean? Nice. And and there's this album, the monkeys present. And I was I couldn't find my CD. I'm like, I'll just look on eBay. I'm sure it's gonna be five bucks. Nine hundred and eighty three dollars. It's insane. Even like, like repressings are like yeah, thirty like, bucks. And I'm Peter just like, Tork's not even up getting that shit for like five dollars back in the day. Yeah, it's weird. There's no bargain bins anymore, and it's always yeah. the weird stuff like Red Cross shit is so expensive. Well, it's uh, supply and demand. Well, everybody streams sure. music now, right? So if you are a pirate the way that we are and you collect physical media and stuff now there's like it's so highly sought after and there's not that much of it then even the punk rockers are like you better pay for this shit motherfucker <laughs> yeah <know>? exactly <laughs> right. that's true i mean yeah. there, there's so many albums that you think that were just you always had around or you saw around yeah. and now it's it's like these artifacts that you can't find yeah you no, know you're, I mean? you're hyped right. and you see it framed in someone's bathroom or something i know <laughs> it's like you never even listened to that and it's just sitting here getting all my shit smashed. yeah getting toothpaste and shit <laughs> yeah right the, yeah, right. the <laughs> screen always has like some sort of fucking <laughs> film on it it's like dude do you know what's on there you know what they went through to get that <laughs> love it yeah but yeah, th that's what it is for people you know what i mean like people are paying outrageous prices for brand new album you know vinyl i hate to say vinyl i hate when people say Oh shit, man! You have that record? Oh, I have it on vinyl. Yeah, no <laughs> fuck. You're supposed to. Man. It's, a, it's a funny, like interchangeable words that every you use a you call it a record, and everybody's like, "Well, is that the CD?" Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I consider everything an album because right? it's a right? it's a collection of music. But I'll, I'll you know people like go on social media and like, oh, there's a great you know great haul today at whatever shopping for mm -hmm. vinyl and it's like yeah. kiss alive I'm like how do you not have that or do you, <laughs> you need one, 10 of them <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. how is that not in your collection already but how about you guys do you guys collect vinyl at all or yeah i have it on vinyl <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah I, mean, I got that sesame street vinyl yeah i just I like the way that it sounds and i mean i just like having something physical to you know like have all that nostalgia with you know it's cool to just put something on and just let it play you know like i love that 
And but, then even we got that. Um, well, I got a cassette from the Bronx, and I was like, "Fuck, it's a cassette!" Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm hardly ever gonna be able to listen to this, but like, I'm just stoked to have it. You know? Yeah, Cheap Trick did that with I think it was the album The Latest, and they put it on an eight track. Nice. Which had the number one selling eight track that year, but you know, it's one of those things where. I just want to hear it. I don't care if it's on vinyl. I don't care if it's digital. Well, digital somewhat. I mean, if I can mm-hmm. get a flack. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At this point. Um, That's, I just want... It's cool to pay respect to the, yeah. uh, to the old school. It's, it all was here before us. So there's definitely crates full of records under my coffee table and every other nook and cranny in my house. You know, yeah. No, and I love like that about you. Almost. I mean, for me, it's just... You know, we'll, we'll take Kiss Alive. I mean, people are like, oh, do you get the new whatever marble vinyl I'm like no i have the one <laughs> that i used to trace right. them on tracing paper so it's got pen marks all over well, it because like that was mine two very different worlds where like you had it and then you know then it didn't go away but obviously it devolved to tapes and cds and blah 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 and i come from the exact opposite of that where like i got into the vinyl later just because it wasn't a big deal yeah so well it's, it's an age thing it's yeah yeah but it's it's just i love all of it man it's so yeah. good and speaking of that, our guest today is going to be Scott Hamilton from Smallstone Records. Hell yeah. And Smallstone, based out of Detroit, and it's an independent label that has been around since 1995, Five, which is yeah. crazy. I love that. You know what I mean? These, these guys that really went in, never sold out. I mean, there's tons of indie labels out there. I'm sure this will bite me in the ass at some point. <laughs> but even like, like, even like <laughs> Epitaph has to put out Ronnie Radke records. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's such shit. I know that that guy hates me, and we're probably gonna fight one day. But yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're listening, I got money on Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy does hate me. Like at these festivals, he's always well, good. He's the worst person. There's, he's there's, horrible. Someone's gotta hate somebody in yeah. rock and roll, man. It's not rock and roll otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Tim the bad boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But you know, like so, Scott. My point being that Scott never really had to put out stuff he didn't want to. Scott has always put out stuff. That, that he's wanted to. Well, when you do something like that and you believe in it, there's some authenticity to that and people pick up on that. So I guess if you freak out and you're like, my label's going to crash, I got to put out this fucking, you know, whatever sounding record. Yeah. If that's what you're about, then that's what you're about. But it seems like Scotty's just kept it true since day one, you know? Since day one. And, and even to keep it going, he always worked production. Like if, if you were on tour, if you were in Detroit, you have seen Scott because he's done everything in production from running to every, like he had a van just so he could be the runner. Like right the guy on. worked his ass off just so he could provide music to people. Seems like a tight crew up there in Detroit specifically too. You yeah, know? it is. It's a little, there's a good story about that. We'll probably talk about it. He's right on. Because love it. my fr- I'll, little Saving preview. The good stuff. <laughs> well, no, no. Like my first day in Detroit, like I had to live in Detroit for, for work when I was at Interscope. And my very first day, that was the first person I met. And he laid it all out for me. And he was right. Like, I followed that guidance the entire time I was there. So, well, it's good to have someone that, like, let, you know, lays down the law of the land instead of just like you just getting dicked around or punked on, like, oh, you should have known that or, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, exactly. And he, but he was like, this guy, he's an asshole. This guy, he's pretty cool. (laughs) So you knew because there's a lot of shysters up there or over there now. I forget. I still think I'm in Cleveland. Um, so what else? What else you been doing, man? Just skating around and Nah, I mean a lot, but um just getting ready for this new record, man. Uh lots of play th- just like content and stuff cuz you got to have all the content. Mm-hmm. Um playthroughs of the new album and reaching, you know, podcasts and trying to get reviews and sending the the album to people to like that we think could possibly do something cool for it, you know? So just kind of yeah. crazy behind the scenes kind of shit. Um Are you still writing or so that's the always thing for me. It's like, I want to start again, but like, wait, this shit is still, it's not out yet. Right. So. Lucas and I were jamming a couple days at his house just because we've been doing these like playthrough videos over there. Um, he just got on drums and I just played bass and we were just like, you know, always just jamming and recording some ideas. Uh, we've got some live shows coming up though, so it's more getting ready for that kind of stuff. We're playing in Arizona on the 29th and 30th of this month, uh, Glendale on the 29th and Mesa on the 30th. Uh, some shows in Idaho in April. Wow. Some That's pretty maybe rad, something dude. in Fresno May first with Haunt and Asking Alexandria if I remember right. <laughs> what? But yeah, Wait, super What? I just say yes if there's a gig, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. And every every gig that like not every gig that's been thrown our way, but there's lots of ones where it's like you're on the phone and it's, you just say yes to everything and then you don't get called back ever. And it's like that's totally fine too. So Yeah. I you know, just anything. Anything please. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I gotta get back to 
you guys haunt an asking Alexandria. Uh, what planet? Some, somebody reached out, and it's some sort of festival thing somewhere in Fresno. I don't even know if there's like an open space to do something like that or if they're going to do it at that tower theater out there, but I know that's like crazy. Uh, I don't know. Fresno is supposed to be pretty weird, and I just hear about it from Trevor from Haunt. So. Yeah, Fresno is weird. Where, do, where was the bash? That was in some open um, field. That was up in Sacramento. And there was one yeah, in Fresno. Fresno. Was there well. one in Fresno? Yeah. I went to the first one down here at the shrine with interrupters and flag and the boss tones. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was sweet. I think uh, you guys were, I think we were playing in Sacramento that first bash, because I think Nikki was shooting, and it then was. she came to the gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was doing a suicidal thing. Mm -hmm. Um. And we were trying to get there that night, and then something happened with your show, right? Usually, I don't know. I know, no, but there was there was something like it. I don't know if it didn't happen or got pushed way uh, back, or no, you went out way early. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what gig it was. It might have been the Haunt Fortress show at the Blue Lamp. I don't know. That club's not even around anymore, though. So rest in peace, Blue Lamp, Sacramento. Oh man, <laughs> that's the thing, man. There's gonna be this this huge. Um, obituary of these clubs when all this clears you know when the smoke clears you know I, I've, I've seen some of them that are really struggling and they're trying to do whatever they can do to to stay alive but there's gonna be so many good clubs that are gone yeah yeah I don't, and i don't know if uh well obviously they're gonna have to pop up again but with so much like uncertainty like it's gonna be a bummer to like i feel like there's gonna be not as many people taking chances on this kind of shit or maybe they're like you know what ev like i just we got to make more clubs like this. Or maybe it'll turn into like speakeasy shows. I was just like so yeah. crazy how this future for live music is going to be, you know? I mean, politics aside, hopefully a lot of places are like um, Chinhorn Flats and Burbank where they're like, fuck it. We're going to be a, a peaceful protest site and we're yeah. going to stay open. It's you know what I mean? It's a trip, man. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to rock. That's all I know. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Hello? Scott Hamilton. That's me. It's Tim Drail. How are you? It's been years, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it has been years. So I want to introduce you to a couple people we have here. We have Damien De La Torre, who is here. What's going on, man? We have Ike, his brother. I'm not going to say the name twice. <laughs> hey, how's it going? And we have uh, guest host uh, Sam Harmon from the band Void Vader with us today. What's up, Scott? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good to meet you, dude. So, so, Scott, welcome. Um, this has been something, ever since we started this podcast, you were one of the first people that I've wanted to talk to because, you know, friendships aside, to me, you're one of the, the real OGs and the true ones in this business because you've had this label for a quarter of a century now and you've never sold out. You've never done anything you didn't want to do or put out anything you didn't want to put out. And I can't tell you what that means. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, but you know, 25 years later, I'm willing to sell out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had well, a good run. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what we're calling you about. Yeah. 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 So have you ever heard this? Bit? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? Um, I, you know, I think it's really weird, you know, nav navigating a pandemic as an indie label. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, these are non-essential goods you know so it, it's just been well okay you, you are, and i could go back to are. <laughs> right. no they are but if to a 20 year old you know whatever yeah. to a fan who might be struggling financially they're gonna have to choose food or rent before buying a record true Very so true. that that's what I, that, that that's what i was getting at in that thing you know so it's um it's it's definitely weird you know <laughs> like 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 what? Like what are you guys seeing out there? Because I'm in Detroit. You're out in California. Whole different feel, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's a little bit different. I mean, and and Sam can speak on this because he's in a current touring band. But it's like I feel uh, people want distraction more now than ever. You know what I mean? Your yes. your point is valid when it comes to um, you know are they going to pay U.S. dollars for it? But I mean, when these stimulus checks come in, I, I everyone is buying other things than food and that. You know what I mean? They're they're <laughs> yeah. buying PS fives and all of that shit. So yeah, no, no. You know, the what I noticed was it, the 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 vinyl trend for for me as a label or you know goods. I sold a lot of goods last spring and summer, and it actually started slowing down around Christmas time. Okay. <laughs> so oh. so. Um, and I, dro I dropped a new release last week, 
and it's a, a really good record by a really good band and uh my pre-orders are currently sucking on it and it's Plug it. not doing anything yeah. I, it's miss lava it's, okay, it's a yeah. badass record yeah. yeah um no so yeah, I, I can't plug. I suck at that shit. Ask him. <laughs> well, give it to me, and then I'll plug it for you, bro. It's all good. Yeah. No. So um. So I, I'm wondering if we if we're hitting a trend or if this is just an, an anomaly, you know. And so I'll know on the next release that we don't get out in March or April if things are improving. It's just it's really hard to predict right now, and I'm just kind of being cautious because I think it'd be stupid to just put your head down and swing for the fences. Well, it's like having a restaurant now. You don't even know how much food to order. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a lot tougher. So your release schedule, how many in a normal year when there's not a global pandemic, how many releases do you put out a year? Normal year is one a month. Okay. So 12, you know, uh, sometimes only 10. And then some other years I got up to 20, wow. but last year I did five, man. Um, this year I've got five on the books also talking to two other bands that are you know aren't signed yet but could be yeah but it's uh and a lot of these guys are like oh yeah we're gonna be touring in the summer i'm like you're not touring in the summer <laughs> right <laughs> exactly um i i worked in live nation for 12 years you're not touring this summer <laughs> just, yeah it's just not you know so but if you're 25 you're like well fuck it i'm i can go tour but the rest of the world's not ready for you to open yet so it's navigating that kind of shit um so i'm, I'm not trying to be like a downer i'm trying to be a realist and get through it you know yeah no, take it easy that. dr <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning really quick let's tell this story so 1995 why do you start a label well i started talking about doing the label in 93 and it took me two years to get the gumption to do it you know I had no idea. I was just working in a record store playing in bands. I had never worked for a late, any of that shit. But the the real reason, and, and you know the reason, because it was like, fuck corporate rock. Yeah. They were destroying bands, and it wasn't good. And it was like, I'm going to put out good records. And I did. And that was the reason. Do you, do you think it shows our age that we're still that way? Like, fuck cor corporate rock? Because it's so accepted now, it's disgusting. Well, I'm 27. Well, yeah. I'm still there with you, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I well, appreciate it. No, but something happened along the way that uh, everybody sold out at the end of the 90s. And Pearl it just Jam. became like, cool to sell out. Oh, you know, I mean, even the, the pop players, you know, like, yeah. like everybody, every, everything got sponsored. <laughs> And, uh, and I never did. And the closest thing I ever did to a sponsorship was like in the late two, in like 2010, I, I got into bed with Converse at South by Southwest. Well, that makes sense. I love Converse shoes. And I really <laughs> didn't feel like I was selling out, you yeah. know, yeah. and it wasn't a lot of money anyway. Um, but those but guys, it, it, the Converse was always good. We've always talked about this in here. Converse, is, they did stuff with like trash talk and things like that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to mention his name over there, but that guy knows what's going on. You know what I mean? Yes, but that whole guard is all gone now. I know, and and but those they 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 knew what they were doing. Yep, and they were playing it to the streets and keeping it authentic. And I feel like the the last kind of company that's doing it that way now st still is Vance. That's yeah. the last one. Right. That's the that's the end of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean I I get it. And sometimes Vans, you know that that I know I don't think they're selling out, but you know sometimes it's pretty predictable what they're doing you know what i mean like you know the whole pop punk thing and all that kind of stuff but it is what it is well they got they've been with the skateboard world too skateboard is is like bigger now than it's probably i don't know about ever been but it's like skateboarding had companies that were going down and they totally resurged and like came back to life because everybody's stuck at home trying to learn how to kick flip and shit you know <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah 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 I, I guess fender had a record year of people learning how to buy guitar learning learning yes guitar yeah, you know? yeah. fender fender um a lot of the energy drink companies um a lot of those people are just making so much money because people are trying to figure out what's going on but if you're like stuck at home do you really need a full throttle energy drink scott i live on energy drinks. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 I brush my I, teeth I, with them I, you know 
but honestly, a full, a full <laughs> throttle specifically might be worth some money right now because I don't know how much if any, did they even make those anymore. Yeah, yeah they I do. don't even know. <laughs> full <laughs> throttle brand. Well, good. Yeah. They don't have it in my liquor store. I want to get them, dude. Send them my way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now, see, see, over here in Michigan, it's not the ener- energy drinks; it's become bourbon. <laughs> bourbon is oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Bourbon and <laughs> bourbon and yeah. Fago or what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, bur- bourbon on the fucking rocks. Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. That's how Smallstone does it, huh? I like that. Yeah. Are you still yeah. are you still uh, around that area south of ten and north of eight? I'm still in the. Ex- I know I'm in Huntington Woods. Wow. So okay. You, you, you no, you went to this house. It's it's by the zoo south of eleven. Oh miles. yeah yeah okay okay yeah still in the same house. Um, all three kids are in college now. Holy shit! So Dang. yeah. Whoa, yeah, how is that you, possible? I'm only 27. <laughs> yeah, but but I got married young, and I yeah. started having kids young. You have a so, wonderful family. Yeah, you know, I blessed for it. Like they're they're all awesome. You know. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Okay, so so 93, you want to come up with a little, you know you you come up with the idea for the label. What's the first band you go at? Like, what are you going to build your label around? Five Horse Johnson. Nice. There you go. You know, and that all came out of. The motor booty and me with the big chief guys and five horse was like the big chief baby the little brother band yeah and so mark dancy kind of put me together with them he goes you guys are going to work together now we all look at each other like no we're not <laughs> <laughs> and uh here we are <laughs> you know? yeah just for those that don't know and i know some do mark dancy was in big chief and he's also um, part of Motor Booty, and he's an artist from the Detroit area. That's very distinct style. And Scott, you've used him on many things, right? Yeah, and uh, what most people would recognize him for is Soundgarden Bad Motorfinger. That's true. Oh, all right. That's true. I yeah. totally forgot about that. Um, That's because we're old. Yeah. <laughs> that record came out a long time ago. Yeah, but he's such a he's such a great guy. And you know, it's funny the Motor Booty thing. Like everyone, we we had an episode a couple weeks ago. We talked a lot about Cream Magazine and stuff, but. Motor yeah. booty was, you know, in that Detroit tradition, the same thing. It was fucking hilarious. You read every word on every page under every photo. It was just the best, man. Sick. And it was fun to make enemies with it. Yes. It was a great tool. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I was telling these guys my first day in Detroit, I'd, I was working for, I think, Interscope at the time. You're the first person I walked in to repeat the beat. You looked at me, which was not the best thing because you said you must be the new label guy i'm like wait what the (laughs) fuck (laughs) but you told me who was who and what was what and who to stay away from and who's you know and you really laid it all out and you were 100 right on everything you told me i won't say who what and where but you were right so thank you i i i would but (laughs) i know i know but (laughs) no no you you don't you're you're a smarter man to to be more politically correct yeah well i took one of the girlfriends so yeah, Woo! that's true. This is a fucking killer podcast, man. <laughs> Sounds like it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, that was a whole different scene back then. It was you dope. had major labels with with offices and and you know places like Detroit and record stores and you had like a vibrant scene and that just kind of died in the two thousands. Well, as you know, I mean, in Detroit, say you had Harmony House, which was one independent record store. They had thirty five stores. Damn. Yeah. In mm. just in Greater Metro Detroit. And that wasn't even counting all the other ones, like Record Time and all of those things. And those guys were all if you, great. If, if you added the other indies up, they equaled about 30 as well. Yeah. And it was just everywhere, man. And, and some of the people that worked, like Mike Alonzo, who yeah. was in Kathmandu with mm-hmm. Dave King, and now he's in, what's the name of Dave King's new band? Or not new band, but... Flogging uh, Molly. Flogging Molly. Oh, yeah, yeah, drum. Yeah, yeah. But he worked, he was like yeah. the manager at the record store. He's fucking great. We sit there and talk entombed with him and richard and henry man it was the best of times it's a trip that like i always forget too that dave was in fucking fast way with yeah. fast oh, eddie yeah. you know what yeah, i mean shit's so sick fast way and then into Catmandu, which was a horrible band sorry <laughs> michael Lanzo. It, it just looked awful it looked awful right <laughs> guy looked like a red-haired piece of spaghetti trying to like be this hippie everyone tried to be a hippie even pat dubar from uniform <laughs> choice at the time was trying that. to like in mind funk or what just a hor- 90s were horrible i'm just gonna yeah. throw that out there so thank you for well, doing what you did but i, I i'm gonna disagree with you because there were there were some gems in the 90s you had early monster magnet yeah. yes you had you had mid-period Soundgarden. you oh, yeah. had stuff from seattle like love battery who yeah. i fucking love you know uh screaming trees you know, even even though a lot of these bands all started in the '80s, 
they took hold in the 90s. Yeah. You've got, you know, essentially the last jeans addiction with the OG lineup in the 90s and Lollapalooza. And that, and that was, you know, that was really good. And then there was stuff that was kind of, uh, you know, I was, I'm way into the shoegaze stuff. So I, I loved the Verve, A Storm in Heaven, which you, is like a top 10 record ever for me kind I'll, of thing. I'll tell you what I remember of you. You love the, the, or is it the, the, or the, 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 the. you love that yeah. band. I remember that. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, no, I, and, but, so I like, a, I like a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm going to listen to Deep Purple, and then I'm going to listen to Funkadelic, and I'm going to put some jazz. Yes, and it's, so I never got stuck with it. And I keep meeting people who like only listen to metal. <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> you believe people, no offense to anyone, like people like their favorite band is still Megadeth. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It's horrible. Yeah. They were yeah, horrible I, then. I love Dave and Dave, but they were horrible. Yeah, like it's like it's like, it's like yeah, it's two kinds of music. It's metal and metal, and you're like Jesus, you yeah. know. And you know, it's kind of like the uh, the Clutch fans in the crowd. You know, I love Clutch. Hate going to their shows unless I'm on the side of the stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it becomes one of those things though, where everyone's there. They don't even know Clutch. Clutch has become like the the doomy Grateful Dead. People go yeah. see, or fish. People go see Clutch. They don't even realize what that? they're seeing. Oh, yeah. That sucks. They don't even, they I've never just seen have to Clutch. I've always Clutch. wanted to. So Ooh. now I got to do some research, I guess. See, that's <laughs> yeah. where I'm uh, you know, at. Like, you guys talk about all this cool shit, and I just listen to it. I don't even get to go see it. <laughs> well, it's there. Well, well, none of us get to see anything right now. <laughs> no, true. but I'm just and, talking like, you know. I, uh, Scott, do you remember a band from Detroit called Overloaded? the name but i don't remember seeing them or anything just because one of the dudes i play in a band now is like that's my uh way of like reaching out to what you guys are talking about is like i play in a guy with a band that was like there at the time you know oh, yeah he's <laughs> like our age that's nuts overload so they must have not been that big or must have it was it was because... a total it was a totally regional kind of thing uh they they opened up for i think godsmack or sebastian bach at what's the big theater the candle Saint, candle box always Saint, plays in Metro St. Andrews or I think, the state theater. I think the state theater or yeah, uh, state theater. Not because St. Andrews the hall state. is, uh, I don't know, man, this is the guy, the 27 year old from Los Angeles trying to talk about like big venues <laughs> yeah, in Detroit. No, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all. So, so it was probably candle box was playing over. They, they did play at St. Andrews, but, uh, the, uh, state theater, which is now, uh, a live nation room, you know, so it's called the Fillmore. That's that's, that's the, it. That's exactly that's the, yes. That's the three thousand seater. That's my favorite room in the city. It's a beautiful, beautiful room. Horrible stairs yeah. going upstairs to backstage, but the, <laughs> yeah. the actual theater oh, is unbelievable. Yeah, and it, best sound. Enough room for you to spread out. I used to love St. Andrews, but now that I'm older, I don't want to get <laughs> crammed in with six, no. eight hundred people in this tiny ass, you know, tinderbox. So what about Harpo's? Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck that place. No way. <laughs> so, so St. Andrews was always funny because before the casinos and everything, like if you're lining up for a show, like the homeless would come around and they'd ask you for money. And then if you said no, what? they're like, you have to walk to your car after the show. You know that. So I'm going to be here <laughs> waiting for you. Like they would, yeah. they would literally force just you. stand here. Yeah. They <laughs> would nuts. It'd be, it'd be the best $2 you spend all day. Yes. <laughs> if you want to live, your, is just, your life worth $2? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. You know, right. so or, he, or or one guy didn't have any cash. I just gave him a pack of cigarettes, which is more expensive than the cash. A, it's like, a bartering system. Yeah, yeah. My life. <laughs> so right. So five feet or not five feet. Five that horse. Was close. Five <laughs> horse Johnson was your first release, right? So um, well, the the, fir the very first release was that Detroit Rust City comp that I did. I did like a local oh, comp. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Who was and, on that? Uh, Everybody from Big Chief to Wig to to like you know what's fuck I don't even have one because I lost that all that shit in the flood I don't even remember who's on it oh, you know wow. but there was like eighteen bands Kid Rock was and, on that though right Yes yeah, well, no dude listen <laughs> there there was a time where that guy was everywhere I mean the, yeah you'd go to shows the people you see the most are Scott Hamilton and 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 Kid Rock fans and, and Bobby <laughs> it was Bobby at the time the stupid hair. But you know what I mean? Yeah, that, no, that guy hustled. Like, I don't like his music, but that guy hustled yeah. his ass off. No, he's a great businessman. I don't fault him for that. It's just I hated the way he treated his band financially. Yeah. And uh, 
obviously his uh, Ted Nugent style politics don't work for me. We don't talk so, politics here, and we love Ted Nugent. So, <laughs> all right, ball with the ball. Yeah, and, and, and that's as and that's as far as I was going with politics. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. You know me. Yeah, you know me, yeah. Scott. I think you're running for you president know, next year, right? <laughs> Listen, you no, can't, like, you cannot deny Double Live Gonzo or Weekend Warriors. Those albums are so good. I get it. The guy's a, a motor mouth. You know what I mean? But musically, it's so good, man. Dude, Strangle Hill and Snakeskin Cowboy. Yes, thank you. Two of the yeah, those are two awesome tunes. You know, but yeah. I, I will say the time I spent with Ted, you know, the Live Nation from '98 to 2008. Every year, he just became a bigger asshole when you were working backstage. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck this. Yeah. You know? Okay, so you, you put out that comp, and it's got everyone on there. And then that's yep. when you, st- you start really cementing what you're doing? I literally sold 1,000 CDs in two weeks. Jesus. Wow. And, and, you know, like, but, you know, having no idea, just knowing all the people on the scene and the studios and, uh, and the record store people, you know, like. So like you know, Harmony House got behind it. The Repeat the Beat people got behind it. Yeah. And um, and then I'm like, okay, I, I want to. My initial plan was like, let's make this sub pop Detroit because we have bands that are just as good as theirs. And that was the idea. Yeah. And it didn't work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it didn't work. The first the first five years I was starving. Yeah. And, and then as as soon as I like picked up, I went okay, enough of this, and I started signing bands from other cities. Then I had a network, and then it took off. But it wasn't until I plugged into the East Coast and the West Coast that did the label like really hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think for you, the early ones that really worked for you. For for me, just being there at that time, Puny Human was a big deal because Ian was yep. on MTV. Um, yep. Fireball Ministry was a big one for oh, you. Yeah. Um, yep. Those I actually took them out on a. I was telling these guys the Dio Anthrax tour. We brought we put on five. I'm Fireball Ministry. I'm a, I'm in work mode. I'm brain. so sorry. And I saw that show at the Greek. Nice. In the two, early 2000s. Yes, it was like probably 2003 <laughs> or something like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So nuts. And then don't forget, like halfway to Gone, they were like the Road yeah, Dogs. They were. They were for sure. with like Clutch and Coc. So like it, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And then um, then I I scored some sync licenses with the you know like the Jackass and all those shows. And all of a sudden, money started coming in, and I just started grabbing as many bands as I could. And Man's Ruin went out, and I picked up all the bands I liked off Man's Ruin. Yeah. And, you know, by 2004, here I am with a real record label, where, you know, eight years later, it was just an idea still. Yeah. I mean, yeah, eight years before, sorry. (laughs) We know. But yeah, but it's true. And I mean, you guys had, like, one of the South by Southwest parties, man, the, the, you know what I mean? The small stone one, like people talked about yeah. that one. You guys just, everyone knew you guys were for real and authentic. And I think that's hard to do in business and a business like a record label. It's almost impossible to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny too. Like you, you mentioned South by Southwest, which I don't think is ever going to come back. No, I think I it was on its way out anyway. Yeah. 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 We, the last one that we even did down there was 2014. Mm-hmm. And then like some independent ones started popping up. They weren't me. It was maybe some of my bands, but like 20 other bands that were kind of like the scene was putting them on and they were four miles out of town and it was cool, but it wasn't like, you know, 2003 South by Southwest, this massive party. Yeah. Tim and I were there, what, 2017 was the last time we went? That was the last time I was there, and yeah. There was, it was, you know, DJs and everything. Yeah, it's all There's DJs no and, yeah, and hip hop now. It's, yeah. just, it's just not the same, man. It's just, it's kind of a bunk. Mostly tech thing. now, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went in 2018. Yeah. And um, that was like, it was boring. Like, Sixth Street was boring. <laughs> like, you had to walk really far to find any decent music yeah and the convention center was just everything was just whack like just everything sucked about it yeah and and i'm like well at least i get to see my friends from austin you know yeah, what right? i mean exactly and and you know eat really good mexican food or so like that's that. what the, that's what that trip became you know yeah it for us it, it became like where are we going to get barbecue that we can't get in LA, yeah you know oh, what yeah. i mean um, so then, so you start putting out albums and then I remember you put out, and this is, so if I wasn't, if I didn't know you, I would have total respect for your label because you put out uh, a tribute to Aerosmith and you called it, yes. uh, right in the nuts. Nice. And like yep. for, for an Aerosmith fan to see that you're going to be like, I'm going to pick That's that a up. Gimme. Yeah, dude. And it had like 
you know, uh, Fireball Ministry doing, I think they did Moving Out maybe. I mean, it's just they, really they, sick. It's really They cool. had the best tune on it. Yeah, um, they killed it. Roadsaw kicked the shit out of Toys in the Attic. Dude, fucking um, Roadsaw is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, they, they're, they're, uh, they have an album on, or just maybe this last year, they put an album on Ripple Music too, which is, that's what Void Vader is on, is, is Ripple. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, um, in 2014, like, Smallstone kind of went on a hiatus after a flood, and Ripple ended up with some of my bands, because oh, okay. I just wasn't doing shit. And so, and then I'm kind of like, there was a freedom about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not stuck putting out my friends who are 50 anymore. <laughs> like, so I can go chase some 25-year-olds and see if I can go make something happen. Right on. So I've kind of pivoted my business model. I want young bands who want to tour, you know? Yeah. Not, not <laughs> yeah. I mean, some yeah. Of, you've done really well. That, like, I mean, you've had some of my favorite bands. Like, I love the band Red Giant. I mean, I remember when those They're kids awesome. were, they were little kids in Cleveland, and Damien and Alex were just, man, those kids would do anything, and, I thought those guys had a bright future and, and they did. I mean, I think what you did with them was great. And I love, I love that band. And I love that you saw that in that band. I think that's one of the abilities I have. Like it's, it's not just the music, it's the people. Yeah. And you, you, you can have an awesome band, the not your dick in the dirt. If they're assholes that don't want to do the work, you have to walk away. It's not going to be worth doing. And, um, but the Red Giant guys were like salt of the earth, dude. It's like, I mean, they would drive anywhere, anytime for a gig. Mm -hmm. And so that was cool, you know. And then, obviously, they kind of winded down as Alex got married and started having kids. Yeah. But they still exist for that one, you know, once a year show. But uh, it's it's not the magical time that you're referring to, Tim. No, I know. Nothing is. <laughs> 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 that is a tried and true business model for touring bands though if you're just not a dick and you show up it's all good yeah yeah it should it, be you know what i mean like right. that's the least amount of things you can do to <clears throat> no it, it's very true I'm so, um, I'm so what's the future sorry. look like because i know you said you're looking at two other bands and obviously you don't have to mention that but um you know, if you're not able to see these bands live, are they bands that you already checked out and you know them pretty well? Or I'm I'm still get a shitload of demos sent to me. You know the old and you know the, the the random emails, and I still go through every fucking one of them. We are a saint. And, <laughs> and um, you know, some go right to the delete. Thirty seconds, delete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um. Who the fuck? Others. <laughs> no, no, no. Others you 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 like see it and you'll okay cool and then you'll you know call the guys up and get a feel for them what they want to do and uh, you know we had two hundred thousand youtube videos we're awesome and i'm like yeah but there's more to this dance than that <laughs> you know yeah, exactly and um i think a lot of people who are half my age social media it, it's the likes it, it's that addiction so they they see that as oh i'm gonna be massive and it's like that's not real mm. you know uh, getting a real fan base behind you is going to come to your shows and buy your shit from you and support you uh that's that's real and a, a great example uh one of my favorite examples is what the rival sons have done in the last 12 years Hell yeah. and um they've they've earned it and you know they did the first record themselves and then okay then well we only have this reach so plug into a, a big indie got got some heavy hidden management and every record got bigger yeah and, and that's that's you have to do the work there's no shortcuts anymore yeah and it, and it doesn't hurt that they're really good and even live they just fucking nail it you know what i mean like those vocals happen live it's insane oh yeah, yeah. john's out I mean, of his mind yeah <laughs> that was uh that's the last big show i saw before the lockdown was the the rival sons of the fall and then i saw some smaller stoner rock band a week of like you know last march at like in some shitty club in hamtramck nice and uh <laughs> it's like sounded awesome. a wednesday uh, it was oh yeah is that well, sanctuary yeah exactly nice. yeah look at that like i said it's, it's shitty club in hamtramck. Yeah. <laughs> hamtramck um Man. i think we were supposed to so play there in march on on that tour and then it all went to shat yep who's that uh, Sam from Void Vader. Void Vader was supposed to play in Sanctuary uh, when we were coming through in March and then had to turn around. 
We oh, were, I got you. We gotcha. were like on tour, and then it all you know turned to rat shit. We were supposed to play with Freedom Hawk actually uh, in San Antonio. Okay, and they and they turned around. Yep, yep. Okay, I totally remember that. Yeah. So Scott, small ass world. It is, is. man. <laughs> Is there any band that you've ever gone after that you wanted that you didn't get, or is there like a hit list that that you still have? I went after all them witches right out of the mm, gate, right on, nice, and they would not even respond to my email. Dang. Really? Wow. And, and they still have never responded to an email. I'm just a fan now. I just buy their shit. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, which, which um, says a lot about you. You know what I mean? The, the, the funnier story is. Uh, I really dig King Buffalo mm-hmm. and the drummer was in a shittier band before King Buffalo. And he sent a demo, you know, and I think I kind of drunkenly responded that it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. Yes. <laughs> so, so he learned to hate me. <laughs> and so, uh, so years later they're, they're coming up and I'm like, man, you guys are fucking awesome. I'd love to pick you up. And he goes, no, because oh. you know why you you turned down my band and you were a dick i go well, your band wasn't good i go you're in a great band now he goes yeah but i'm not working with you <laughs> was, wow. fair enough sir you know, fair enough yeah that's right. yeah so yeah. and it was just like i, I you know it, the, the, what i learned is you know don't drink and go on the internet <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy that learned that yeah, <laughs> yeah. no one yeah. else has learned that yet scott you know band yeah, that you, no, you, no. you have that i love is lachinga is that how you say it they're fucking awesome. That yeah. band is fucking rad. Uh, in fact, uh, Josh Newman from Live Nation, a funny thing happened. Like He was interested in managing them and putting them on the Black Crows tour that last summer. Wow, really? And I, call, I called them up, and um, they kind of weren't in a place to do that um, because uh, one of them has young kids and a family, so he can't really tour it. Wow. So uh, what did and um so they're like they turned it down <laughs> i'm like fuck Man. you know that's heavy uh, but mm. what the hell? that's that's when you get a babysitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah for a totally. long time i mean that's a big tour yeah and then you and there's you, some weird go ahead they, uh, I, my ear hit like an app and it started playing like bob marley music and nice shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i fixed it you're like uh, a, no, a freshman in college. Just bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like, I was also in a way that they were that good and from Canada because, yeah. like, historically speaking, Canada's got some decent stuff, but it, it never had that much groove and soul. Mm. Where those guys had that all that classic rock soul that's missing, and like, well, like the Bible sons do, you know? Yeah, the, and they had that. So there's not a lot of riffs that come out of Canada. Monster, like actual Monster riffs. Truck out of Hamilton is is dope. Monster Truck yeah. is good. Yeah, I like that band. They have some good some good riffs. I think they're writing a new record. They're not bad. There was another band called Chevy from uh, from uh, Canada. It was really good too. Um, there was some cool stuff coming out of Montreal for a little while. And I think the seed kind of the seed, their scene kind of imploded already. Mm. Um, it was like Sandy Vice or something, and I was talking to them, and like, you know, it just just it petered away. So it's like, I mean, now it's just like I want young kids who want to tour, who like good music, you know, and yeah. and, and want to play it. And there, there's a newer crop that I picked up, like Sun Drifter from Boston and uh, Rock. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Pilgrim Lore, and, you know, and these are all, you know, what, what I call the all the the under thirty kids, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, things were going on. You know, we're trying to, you know, get it going on. COVID hit. You can't market. You can't just market a band on the internet. You know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. definitely sucks. I mean, hand to hand combat still works in music, and it's and it's still the way you're actually going to get anything done. Well, especially if like people. you know. Scott's got these tough ass bands. Like, if you're just a band that's like, look at my Instagram page and look at my Twitter, like, that's so wimpy beta shit. Like, I just want to come in and, like, look at my Doc Martens in your face. I'm going to spit <laughs> yeah. beer on you, mother. They're going to say something I mean? else. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But, <laughs> but you know what? There, but there, there, then there's a crop of younger bands that are so tech savvy yeah. that they're posting every day. And they're actually growing a fan base it's, without the need of a label. It's a hybrid yeah. uh, that you got to be on top of. You know what I mean? That it's uh, the social media game is 
is so it's definitely uh, essential now, it's yeah. essential but it's mind-numbing so like finding some sort of balance where like you make the social media work for you instead of like because i do all of it for void Vader, so like setting some time aside to do it instead of just like letting it consume your life you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. i mean the social media of today is like the mailing list was of the 80s you know what i mean but like even yeah. but even mailing lists like to an email like that's how you get actual like physical sales of like your merch and stuff because we send out like monthly emails and that's where the money comes from is when we send those out not just like somebody scrolling through our instagram page yeah, you know? right. yeah. scott for you well, i'm sorry no, no, go ahead. Uh, for you and your releases, like, where do you think people find it more? I mean, is it a Spotify? Is it Apple? Is it Bandcamp? Like, where are people getting your releases? I think, you, I, I think it's, I think everybody kicks the tires on Spotify who uses it or Apple, you know, because some use one and not the other. Yeah. Um, Bandcamp definitely delivers to all your, all your fans every time, you, hey, you got a new release. Yeah. Coming, uh, boom. So, so. I so get your shit all the they, time. They, yeah. So they know about it. Um, hey, it's all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm and, a Bandcamp guy. I love that's how I do my job when I'm looking for new artists. I'm on Bandcamp all of the time. That's smart. Yeah, and, and it's it's definitely easier than YouTube. But then there's you get down the Bandcamp rabbit hole. And yes. you just go and go and go, and all of a sudden you lose hours of your life. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Exactly. But I love that. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, especially now. I mean, uh, distraction is probably good these days, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I, but I think it's a combination of those things. But uh, what, I, what I was going to back up and say is a uh, band, uh, the Cold Stairs, that I, mm -hmm. I uh, put a record out with, and um, the, their singer is a fucking one-man marketing machine. He is online, you know, playing music every day, and you know, acoustic. Hey, here's a new, new riff. And it's open. It's it's opened up the door for him, and like in some massive ways. They ended up on Cyberpunk. He ended up getting uh, picked up by Fender for like you know like the real, the real sponsorship. Like what? here's your custom shot. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. the dream, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm like, and they're sending thirty guitars a year, and and all the amps. And I, I'm a gear whore. Tim knows this. Yes. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> And I'm just like drooling, you know, it's just gorgeous Sorry. stuff. But like, but he, he earned it. He, he, he went on and self-promoted to the point like he's marketing himself better than I could market him. So he doesn't need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's one, way, one way you can do it. Um, like, uh, my, my friend, uh, you remember that band, uh, Citizen Zero from Detroit? Mm -hmm. Um, Sammy Buller, the guitar player, he's online every day, you yeah. know? doing doing guitar stuff and you know he's you know he's got his Friedman sponsorship and he, there's him and Steve Stevens playing and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so you're just kind of like well these are my friends but how the, like 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 they don't need me you know yeah. they're doing it on their own and it works for some people it doesn't work for all and you have to be able to create content that's that the fans want to see you know and I don't think every I don't think every band could do it just like you, you, you were saying earlier that you know, it, it's a it's a shitty ass job. I mean, is it only you at the label? Do you have to have these discussions with these bands? Like, hey, I need help. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the label's down to me, um, an art person, and a lawyer. That's it. Is the lawyer the same lawyer I used once? Same guy. Tell him I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> same guy. You know. Tell him um, Anthrax hates him too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, awesome guy. And, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, so, so like, yeah, you know, we're like, like, Ripple's become like a collective. It's a bunch of. It was Todd's idea, but it's he's got like ten dudes working for him for free. It's totally helping. It's a total crazy community that I'm pretty hyped to uh, be able to use and contribute whatever little amount I can. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, did, yeah. No, they just and, hired but, a like, friend of the show, Blasco, to mm -hmm. do something. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. I, but pretty, like, pretty hyped. What what, what they're doing? I, I, no disrespect. That doesn't interest me. Like, I'd rather work directly with a, with a young band and see what I could take him up versus the whole crazy community thing. It's just, it's too much. It, it like, it, it's like. Now you got to be politically correct the whole time and nice to everybody. And you can't well, say on your mind. If you if you want if <laughs> you so want Detroit. them to rep your stuff, 
You know what I mean? I I feel like Boy Vader has kind of fallen through the cracks with Ripple. I'm just gonna say it, but Jesus Christ, your album's not even out yet. <laughs> That's okay, they're not gonna listen to it. But what? I'm just being an asshole. No, love, much love to Todd and Matt and Pope and everybody. It's all good. Yeah, no, I like like I'm not ripping on them. It's just like they're and there's just a different thing. They started as a blog. Yeah, you yeah. know where I started as a label, yeah. and and it's different. And then it's also different too because like. I actually play and was in a band and I'm very into that. My favorite part of the label is going into a studio with a band and helping them create something. That's, that's the coolest thing. That's right? cool, man. That's cool that you well, do that. I think Scott, I mean, like, first of all, this label, like Smallstone, couldn't happen anywhere else with anyone else at any other time. You know what I mean? It's such a, a product of everything that's involved in it. I mean, you, you do, you play, you've played in slot before, right? Didn't you do something? With those, with yeah, and then and then slot turned into looter, and we put out some serious records. And yeah, we were writing our third record when Phil died. Yeah, exactly. For for the, so, I'm not going to speak on Phil. I, I I watched. I love Phil Durr. I didn't know him as well as you or my friend Jim Donadio, but I did watch him slip on a banana peel in real life before, and it was the yeah, it was the most Phil Durr thing I had ever seen <laughs> in my life. So, but rest in peace. That guy was awesome. Yeah, I mean, all you can yeah, just this awesome awesome person, you know? I miss him every day. It's yeah. like I think about him every day. It just sucks. <clears throat> Nicest guy. We did some shows with them back in way back in the day up in um Ann Arbor at like Club Heidelberg and, you know, a bunch of those places in Blind Pig. Blind Pig, all of yep. that stuff and, you know, and then through Laura, I I been around, I got to go around Phil a little bit more between Laura and Astrid and stuff like that and just Oh, he's a sweet guy, and it's it's just a shame. Was Laura's last name Murphy? No, um, no. But, um, but but what most people don't know about Phil though, Tim, is like he was heavily involved in Small Stone. Like, like the puny human bios, he was writing those. Really? You know? Yeah, he played on half the records. Like there was always a song somebody sucked at. If I needed something redone. We'd fly it in, take over Rust Belt, and literally do it. You know? Wow. So he was like, so like, like Todd he, Youth did that. Like Todd Youth was on like a bunch of like Cheap Trick albums and Glenn Campbell albums, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Like, and well, and we sometimes his name was on it. Sometimes it wasn't. You know, I go, hey, do you want your name on this? No, I didn't like what I played. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his name wouldn't be on it. Yeah. And, uh, but like he was like, he and David Amsky were, are my, were my wingmen. You know, yeah, and, and and you know, always will be. But like, you know, Dave was the legal, and you know, and one of my best friends. But Phil was the spiritual connection to music, like because we played music together, and we like, you you could have that communication, almost nonverbal, and we knew what the other one was thinking. And yeah. so that's that. You know, sorry to get heavy. I just wanted to. No, I mean, know. listen, the, <laughs> the world should know about Phil Durr. You know what I mean? It like, makes for good radio. Yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah. he's one of those people that everyone should know because, unfortunately, you know, with with Big Chief and other things he did, he never got the recognition he should, or or any of those guys for the most part. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, Phil is definitely one of those people, and the same with with Mark and his artwork. I, I know he does really well as artwork, but I mean, I see, you know, we do some art festivals sometimes, and I see stuff. I'm like, man, Dancy was doing shit like that, but breaking the mold, you know, thirty years ago. Yeah, it, it's like I, I kind of feel like a lot of that camp, just like you said, never got its full due, and I think that a lot of that could, you know, be you know, capital imploding on them as a label, and um, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. that's what happened. That is what happened. Um, oh, I wish Jim Donatio was on right now. He was there for all of that. That that was before my time at Capital. I came in right as that was going down with Big Chief. So yeah, I I'd, I'd gone from playing with them. But I wasn't there when the when the whole capital deal fell apart. But I know Jim was. I know Jim actually I'm gonna say this. Jim Donadio and this guy Dave Welty actually I I believe made a stand to the powers that be at Capital, which I thought was rad at the time. Well what happened was the their A and R guy got fired. And uh Was it Ron? So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went he went over to Electra. And after that they were done. They were toast. And then if you remember I got them on to WLLZ on the radio right mm -hmm. when, I, when I was working at the radio station. So I got them added. So then they got some regional traction. Some other stations started picking it up. And I'm like, oh, there's a chance it's going to work. But I think by the, by the time, you know, all the years of it, they were just kind of over it. And they were ready for it to end. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it happens. You know, it's it's funny because after that, like when I first moved to Detroit, that's when the white stripes were were about to happen. And I know, right? (laughs) Well, you told me like, hey, I got to check this band out. You're like, ah, they're horrible. And I went and checked them out and they were horrible. And I remember we we had a bowling league at, um, what's the place on on the Majestic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Garden Bowl. The Garden Bowl, yeah. And and he was on my team. It was me and like maybe it was like Henry and Richard and those guys, but Jack was on the team. You're right? on a bowling team with Jack White. Yeah. So <laughs> this dumb skull, like we're sitting there in these great jukebox and, and he's a whore by Cheap Trick comes on. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this fucking rad. And he's like, whoa, who is this? And I'm like, motherfucker, like, how do you not know who this is? I mean, this was before he was the Jack White, uh-huh. but he was a poser. <laughs> right, yeah. I, oh, 100%. 100%. I, as I always called him, it was Jack Hype. Yeah, nice. you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he didn't—he didn't like that too much. But no, I—I re- I remember going to see them, and and the Cobras opened up, and they just fucking destroyed them. And I called back to Interscope. I'm like, you gotta get this band, Detroit Cobras. This is the shit. But obviously, that's why I make the mid bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was such a weird time too. Like, like that that whole garage scene in Detroit. It. It happened because of the, the, the same thing that happened to Seattle. It got some press in the UK. Yeah. And, and, and so like this full scene was created. Then all of a sudden, every motherfucker was in a garage band, yeah. you know, and, it like, and they couldn't play. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, what the fuck? And I'm, I'm, I'm off doing the Stoner Rock thing. And I just kind of worked at Live Nation and did the label and just kept adding Stoner Rock bands out, out of town. And just kind of left Detroit, even yeah. though I lived here. I still live here. I just left and just started worrying about other shit. And I, like, uh, then, that, then I, that scene just kind of went away into nothing, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny. At the time in Detroit, there was distinct scenes. You you had that garage rock, and then, you know, you had Bobby doing what he was doing, and Eminem and all that. You had the Fags that were, were a great band of complete yeah. insane people, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, he was fucking insane. And... It never got together and convalesced as one total scene. And, and you know what I mean? It just seemed like everyone was kind of not fighting amongst each other, but it wasn't like everyone was together. So I the ball, you're right. But, but, well, the garage scene was together. And then don't forget the, the big electronic underground scene. They were all together. And, 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 um, but the rap game was different. The rap, like that hip hop thing was every man for himself. That's, yeah. That was the nature of it. And Kid Rock just said, fuck it. And, you know, I'm going full Walmart and went for it. <laughs> yeah. And got himself a deal. So, but he only got himself a deal because they brought Jason Flom to the state theater and it was sold out. And Bob had the crowd in his hand and Flom's like, okay, you got it. But he didn't, he was almost done. And that record came out on Atlantic. Nobody was playing it. Nobody cared. Yeah. And the thing that saved them was playing at Woodstock. 99 or 2000, whatever. Yeah, the you know, 90s, the, yep, yep. They, they, they were almost done. And had they not had a good show at Woodstock, they would have been toast. But they had a good show. And off they went. Wow. Damn. And now they're ready to go play at your county fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, and unfortunately, it's not the same band. You know what I mean? But Yeah. Know, but, you know, that, that happens, I guess, over time. I mean, people forget about... He had his sidekick and all that stuff. That guy who died and oh, it wasn't it Joe C. Joe, right. Yeah, Joey oh, C. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. the Joey C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a crazy time back then. And you know, I was at that point. I'm from Detroit, but I only lived there again for a little bit before I split out here. We were just. I had my heart surgery. I'm just like I'm done. I'm done with the record labels and all that stuff. And I came out here, but you know, I would still run into you at different shows if I was there on tour. Like I was telling these guys, like. Scott Hamilton is a fucking hustler, man. Like he's always doing something. You're going to see him somewhere, some way doing something. You know what I mean? You could be working at Live Nation or you could be doing label stuff or at a show, checking things out. It's just at a record store. It's just always a pleasure. I don't want to be idle. Being idle is death. Exactly. I was about to say, if you stop moving, you're fucking dead. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is what the COVID makes it feel like, right? It sure does. I'm not at a record store. I'm not at a show work in the room. I'm not hanging out with my live nation friends. I'm not seeing my bands, you know, yeah. my own band, what's left of it. Um, won't play in my house because of, you know, nobody wants to wear a mask in a tiny little basement and jam. So 
<clears throat> yeah, you're not getting that. And um, man, I missed the hell out of that. <laughs> I'll know? come play bass with you, dude. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still playing drums, right? Oh uh, no, dude. I I went full guitar. Really nice. Wow. What yeah. Are you, what are you playing? What kind of guitar you got? I got issues, Tim. Okay. <laughs> so so less poles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, less poles. A uh, couple really nice uh, custom shop strats and um, two crazy ass pedal boards um, going through a Vox and uh, a Metropolis in stereo. Oh, so, nice. Nice. So kind of like. Um, Billy Duffy Verve tone, but I can also go straight, you know, Kaya's tone if needed. That's great. What kind of Vox is it? AC30 or something different? Oh, AC30. Nice. The hand, the hand wire. Oh, no. yeah. Those are nice. Didn't we yeah. write? Didn't we write a massive riff in your basement one time? Yeah, in my Ferndale house. Yes. Yeah, in your Ferndale house. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just something else in the basement. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> No, Scott was playing drums. I brought my. I hadn't played guitar in years, and we came up with something massive. I don't. I, I don't remember it, but yeah, it was like this cool. I was stupid. I was really, really into drums, and then I I kept seeing small stone bands with better drummers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that were like Jimmy Chamberlain level, and I'm like, you yeah. know what? I've gone as far as I'm going to go with this, <laughs> and I'm really into fucking guitar, and yeah. um, I always had guitars and never really played them and i spent a lot of time with phil and playing i i got good enough to play in a band by playing with phil and, and like playing in slot and then by the time we started our own band looter that was like you now you're writing stuff you know on because you know, as a drummer you weren't writing stuff in high school you were just banging on the drum yeah so, <laughs> you know as a guitar player and a contributing member it was cool and you were like okay this is this is kind of what i wanted to do you know yeah for sure let me ask you this we're, we're gonna have to wrap this up um all right favorite album of all time scott oh damn it hmm well today it's the cult love but tomorrow it could be aerosmith rocks and, right and there you go. the next day it could be the stones uh you know, like <laughs> Uh, that's a dick question. You yeah, can't. Just... Okay. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this then. Let's go to the like Stones. That. True or false? And the answer is true. Undercover is better than Exile on Main Street. Oh, I'm gonna have to fight you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just—that's the way I feel about it. Like I'm no, the weirdo that picks fine. "Let It Bleed" over all of them. Yeah, right. That, no, that's where I was going. Let it nice. bleed is my favorite. Fuck yes, guys. My my favorite is some girls but to me undercover is very underrated i was talking to donati about this like everyone loves and i listen i do love exile but that's like the album that everyone talks about like if they have a stones tattoo because they don't really know all of the stones <laughs> they just wanted to have the tattoo you know what i mean so they think like, they have to say that. exile there's just some amazing songs like loving cup yeah like the, 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 the whole record it's not perfect no I there's a lot like of filler song yeah yeah but the standout songs are some of their best yeah I mean, yeah. listen, usually when I'm in a mood to listen to the Stones, I'll put on Mott the Hoople instead, though, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, I've been on a, a pretty serious Bowie kick for, like, the last six years. Where, where <laughs> That's the point not a where kick. I, no, 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 like, where I have more Bowie records than any other artist. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? But, like, every time you keep hearing something you didn't hear before. Because his band was so damn good, and he, he would change band members all the time. Yeah. So I find it like, you know, like he, he's definitely a top for me, but like it, it's, I'm going to go with like, you know, like the Heroes record or something where a lot of people go, you know, Ziggy Stardust and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, or Aladdin Sane. Aladdin Sane's really good too. But then I really like his the work the last 15 years of his life, those Sony records like the reality and the reality tour, the reality tour was probably the coolest show I ever worked at at live nation. And I was doing 250 shows a year. Dang so yeah. in the 10 years, yeah, that was like the number one. Yeah, and even better than Prince, but in Prince is fucking badass. You know? yeah. I love that. Like, I'm not a big Bowie guy, but I love Maybe it's because I worked on it, but that earthling record, I love that. Yes. Record, man. That was good. It, like, it, like reinventing himself again. Yeah. So, but, I think that's the one. Oh, the Trent Reznor record's the one before it. The Earthling ones that, yep. There's that whole series that were made 
It's yeah. I, I forgot the one that was called the Heat of a Trent Reznor that had I'm Afraid of America. That's it. That's Earthling. That is yeah. it. Yeah. The, those two are cool as hell. And you're right. That is him reinventing himself. Yeah. And, and not making it like, you know, like Kiss going disco where it was just so obvious. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like it was right. just yeah. him doing his uh, unnatural. Again, I'm not a big Bowie guy. Again, if I want to listen to Bowie, I'm just going to put on Mott the Hoople. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I, are you still playing guitar at all? Yes. I'm gonna send right you, on. I'm going to send you a track. All right. I, um, my friend Ian and I, we put together something, and it's, it's pretty cool. You'll, you'll, I'll send it to you. It is dope. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, is it rock and roll or metal? It's rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see. Gotta ask. It's, like his, it's like his metal is like Alice in Chains. There's like Alice in Chains, like... That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heavy, heavy then, riffs, maybe not heavy metal, you know? I, yeah, because like... Go ahead. Like Alice in Chains and COC got lumped in as metal in the 90s, and to yeah. me, neither one was metal, but Pantera was metal. Yeah, right, yeah. Panterrible, they call them. <laughs> exactly. I don't call them that, but that was what Laura calls them. But good guys. She's not wrong. No. Um, <laughs> listen, I know I fucking got the fuck out of Detroit, and I'll tell you what I miss about Detroit. I miss Scott Hamilton. I'm seriously the most. And I miss, you know, Alonzo and Richard and Henry from Record Time. Yeah. And that's about it, man. i be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there's not much left here, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got Alonzo sitting at his home in Clawson waiting to go on tour again. Yeah, I know. Henry works at uh, that uh, record store in Royal Oak, UHF, and oh, cool. Richard's down at Found Sound at Ferndale. Wow. The problem is, in the age of COVID, I'm not going to record stores yeah. until I got a shot. Well, Once next you give me year, the bag, when, so I'll do it. Next year when you see him, tell him I said hello. And... Yeah. And Scotty. Yeah. I miss Scotty, too. That, that, that was a nice kid. Yeah, he's somewhere else now, like working in some rock city in Livonia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's got that music shop out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. All right, yeah. Scott. Well, thank you for taking the time, man. This was, for me, it was huge. Like I said, when we first started this, you were one of the first people I wanted to talk to. And, and I know it's taken 31 episodes, but we finally got you. I think what you've done for music in general has been amazing. And sticking to your guns, to me, you're authentic and there's not many authentic people left in this world, So, especially in music, so I appreciate that. And I'm going to let you guys finish out. You got anything else to say, Sam? You're a rock star, dude. I'm stoked to uh, to be able to do this with you and learn from you, and uh, hopefully we get to hang in the future, bro. Well, when you roll through. And <laughs> and Scott has the vest. That's what we do. We usually play the token uh, out in Detroit, but I want to, you know, whenever we can, I want to play some different shit. Yeah, that's cool. I'm in. Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. The best right. to your family. Stay healthy and uh, rock and roll. Right thank you. Cheers, Pleasure man. talking to all of you. Have all a right. good one. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time. Bye.